0: June 3rd, 2022, we're in Masechet, Sanhedrin, and Af'ayin Bet, Amud If you count from the top of the page, it's six lines down, it's the fourth word on the line. The Gemara begins with a Beraita, we continue talking about this circumstance that the Torah describes in Parashat Mishpatim of Hababa Mahteret, if there's a thief who's in your home, and you were to hear him or see him, says the Torah, if en lo damim, we define that as many circumstances, most notably bin al-ha'av, but by extension, any normal circumstance where there's no certainty in your eyes that the robber's in your home and doesn't plan on killing you. You know about this person that he's a standard person. As a result, we can and should assume that if confronted, which he knows he will be, he's gonna pull the trigger on you. As a result, you're allowed to kill him. Damimlo, in contrast, says the Torah, if. For example, it's av al Haben. If it's a circumstance of someone you know and you're certain they're going to be coming in peace, they might be stealing from you, but they're not going to harm you in such a circumstance, you can't kill them. Says so the Beraita Tanur Rabbanan, Damim Lo ben behol ben bishabbat, en lo damim ben behol ben bishabbat. The beraita is being Doresh, the fact that the pasuk uh, describes the blood of the individual as plural, damim lo, and en lo damim, which again, peshat in the Torah refers to the life of the person. We look at them, quote-unquote, as if their life can be taken, their blood is already spilled, and as a result, you can kill him. Or alternatively, their life is still intact, you're not allowed to touch them. But why does it say it in plural, damim? Why doesn't it describe it as dam? That's not a peshat question per se. Because generally speaking, the same way we refer to water as mayim, we don't refer to it in the singular, so too blood, generally speaking, would be referred to in the plural. But regardless, the derasha goes as follows. Why is it in plural? It's to teach you that these laws are relevant both on Shabbat and during the weekdays. Now, of course, during the weekdays will be less of the chidush. The Shabbat part will be more of a chidush. That's the derashah. If you're allowed to kill the individual, both the weekday and even on Shabbat. If you're not allowed to kill that robber, that intruder, it's both during the weekday and even on Shabbat. Says so the Gemara, oh, well, let's break this down and try to understand the novelty. What's the chidush in each one of these statements? Bishlama, it's understood. Milashon shalem, or shalom. It's understood. en lo damim ben ben is serich. Uh, that second statement in the Biraita, that it, you're allowed to kill the intruder. It, under circumstances Ben Bechol Ben BeShabbat whether it's weekday or even Shabbat Istirich there's a necessity the Beraita needed to teach you that because you maybe would have thought differently why would you have thought differently? Salik means to go up Da'atach of course means the mind Amina means to say it would have arisen in your mind to say Deahava Bedin De BeShabbat Lakatlinan Kamashma'alan the hidush goes as follows you perhaps would have said wait a second this intruder in the home i understand why i'm allowed to kill him the reason i'm allowed to kill him is because i'm playing the role of the bedin that's what our mishnah told us nidon Al Shem Sofo You're judging that individual Of course you're not actually opening a case There's no gavel There's no jury There's no Dayanim But technically speaking In the halachic respect What you're doing with this person The reason you're allowed to kill them is Nidon Sofo They're judged based on what they will come to do. Well, that being the case, it means you're playing the role, so to speak, of the Mimune Betin, the Shaliach Betin, the person who's killing them, on behalf of the uh, rabbinic court. As a result, well, let's look at what the rabbinic court is allowed to do. On Shabbat, the halacha is lakat lina, and we learned this earlier in the Massech tanda The Gemaran da had a Gezerah Shavah. On the one hand, the Pasuk says in Parashat, Vayakel, that loteva aruesh bechol moshe votechem And on the other hand, in the context of Mishpat, the Torah describes it as in all of your moshe We had a Gezerah Shavah to link the two, to teach us the same way, of course, you're not allowed to burn on Shabbat, so to Mishpat. Shabbat cannot be exacted. You're not able to judge and put to death on Shabbat. That being the case, perhaps I would have said, this intruder's in my home. I have to play the role of Beit Deen. I'm not allowed to kill them on Shabbat. The same way Beit Deen doesn't kill on Shabbat. The is kamash ma'lan. That's the hidush of en Mafilu Says Rashi, what's the hidush specifically? How do you understand this? What's the uh, logic and rationale? Says Rashi, You're saving your life in such a circumstance. Ask several of the aharonim. I don't I'm saying that if it's pikuach nefesh then you did not need a chidush over here we always save lives and we transgress all the mitzvot of the Torah and certainly Shabbat in order to save the life the chidush is nonetheless that this is not an imminent to that extent pikuach nefesh we're basing it on hazakah we assume the guy is going to be confronted he'll pull the trigger on you before him but ultimately speaking He's not actually holding the gun to your head. If he's actually holding the gun to your head, then it's not in damim, then I don't need pesukim in the Torah to teach me this. It's that he poses a potential threat if confronted under circumstances. You're nonetheless allowed to kill him. That's the Hidush here in the Gemara. Afilu bishabbat, not a regular pikuach nefesh. It's a hidush pikuach nefesh. Kamashma'anan dekatlinan. Katal means to kill. Katlinan, conjugation in Aramaic, anan, katal, we kill him, you are allowed to kill him in such a circumstance. But wait a second, go ahead, Sam. Give it, give it, give me five minutes. All right, give me five minutes. But I will remind you the reason we keep talking about tunneler and tunneling is Pasuk in the Torah. Nothing more and nothing less. I made that point yesterday, I made the that point yesterday. That's the reason we keep saying Mahteret. We need to be, as you're saying of uh, Harari, keeps talking about it in any circumstance. Why not just the tunnel? If we're talking about Mahteret, give me a few minutes, but I will remind you the Pasuk in the Torah says it, says, in Ba Mahteret, Met, right? That's the Pasuk in the Torah. What's that? Only at night. The Pasuk in the Torah seems to say only at night as well, because the next Pasuk says, Im which I reminded you is not so either. Okay, says the Gemara. It says, Damim. I don't get to jump from multiple bloods to Shabbat. It's a derasha. That's it. It's a derasha. It's a ribuy in the Pasuk. The fact the Pasuk doesn't just say one blood, the blood of a single circumstance, it says bloods, the derasha of the hakamim, is under all okay, circumstances. No, no, that would be Yamin. I'm saying like days and, and weekends. Okay, that's the Dirasha. So it goes. Uh, you're asking questions on the derashot of the Hachamim. In La Davar Sof. Says the Gemara Ela, but rather that first part, the Resha of the beraita, which stated, lo this part seems to be superfluous it seems to be an unnecessary mention. Why is it that the Biraita needs to teach me that you're not allowed to kill, let's put it as the case of the Father, both during the weekdays and even on Shabbat? What do you mean even on Shabbat? If you're not allowed to kill him during the weekday, all the more so you're not allowed to kill him on Shabbat. You need a ribui, you need a reason for the Torah quote-unquote to go out of its way, to quote-unquote waste two extra letters, the Yod and the Mim Indamim, to teach me a law that, of course I would have known that. If you're not allowed to do it during the weekday, of course you're not allowed to do it on Shabbat. Situation. In, the earlier Gimara, in the circumstance where it's a good friend, I think someone, Nathan said yesterday, like your brother who's really close with you, that person's deranged, they're in your house, but you know they're not going to kill you. You're not allowed to kill them on the week. Of course you're not allowed to kill them on Shabbat. Now, now you're telling me that you're not allowed to kill them during the week. lo. You need you need to mention to me that you're not allowed to kill on Shabbat as well. Rav Sheshat. Rav Sheshat, explains the novelty over here. the necessity over here a double negative. we don't need it ela except for alav It's to teach us about a circumstance where if stones, rocks fell onto the individual who is entering into the home, They might even be tunneling into the home in the literal sense. And as a result, in getting in, this is not the answer yet, as a result of getting into that home, whatever they're doing falls on them. You need not, again, do it in the tunnel with stones and rocks falling on them. They broke in and uh, got stuck in the window, which they were trying to wedge themselves through. Whatever this exact circumstance is, they are stuck at a risk for their life. If you do it in the literal words of the Gemara, there are rocks on top of them. What's the halacha on Shabbat with regards to this individual? Well, if it's damim lo, meaning it's the father to the son, it's the good friend to his be- to his friend, it's the brother to his brother whom we know love he each other very him. much, he has to save him nefesh, he's going to save him. Even that does not appear to be the chidush, because of course you always save on Shabbat. The chidush, alternatively, as Rashi points out, is when enlodamim you're not mifakeh halav tagal. Let's pause and understand that case for a second. The individual, the intruder, has broken into your home. He's stuck under a pile of rocks. Now, as he was breaking into your home, we plugged into his mind. And we know the guy is there. And he says to himself, if he stands up with me, he's gone. we know he's planning on killing you if confronted. And that's what he's ready to do. So as he's breaking in, you see him, you pull the trigger. But right now, the guy's under a pile of rocks. The guy's wedged in between a window. The guy's blood is dripping out of him. He's not able to speak words coherently. There's foam coming out of the sides of his mouth. You leave him to rot, and I'm sorry to make it so graphic, but I needed to do so. You leave him, says Rashi, to die. Let me leave him to die. Why so? Says Rashi, he's gavra katila. He's a dead person. He's a dead person, but he doesn't pose a threat any longer, does he? This individual in this moment is, is is disarmed. He's not holding anything any longer. In his, he might even be shouting to you, "I'm sorry. I feel bad." And still says Rashi, ostensibly the simple reading of Rashi, you leave him to die. No, 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 If he's your friend, you're taking it off. We're talking about the non-friend. The friend, no question, because that circumstance, you're not allowed to touch him to begin with, so you save his it life. You can't, can't say he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mi'iri, mi'iri, minahima, mi'iri, in his bet, has a safik. He's uncertain. He says, are we talking about specifically where, quote-unquote, he's not yelling, I'm sorry, and I give up? And as a result, he still poses a threat that potentially it might be far fresh. If you take the rocks off, he's going to get back up and pull the trigger on you. Or alternatively, says Meiri, it might be even, and that's the simple reading of Rashi. I don't know that he's saying. Maybe he's passed out, and you can assume. Maybe if he's saying, we draw the line. Maybe if you can actually believe him. But meiri is uncertain. Now, again, the more simple reading, ironically, not not in terms of mind, in terms of flow of the gemara, is that even if he's saying, I forg- I, I'm sorry. Why so? Because otherwise, what's the uh, otherwise? If, if he poses a threat, he posed a threat to begin with. If he still poses a threat, so there's a Hidush that you leave him under the pile. Oh, that's right so that's what I'm saying in other words if I'm telling you En lo you're not mefakeh ala v'tagal it stands to reason even though it's hard to say it's difficult to comprehend that it's in a situation where he doesn't pose a threat any longer and you still don't save him it's just how could that be so the Aharonim do debate this and discuss this it's a well known teshubav she'elot Tishubot Orgado. Orgadol was an important uh, important Ashkenazic uh, rabbi who lived in the, uh, in the late 19th century. And his, uh, Siman Aleph, if I'm not mistaken, he suggests, and I'm just beginning the thought, I'm not finishing it. We might finish it a bit on Dafayim Gimal Amud Aleph. He suggests that since the individual over here put themselves in this situation... They were they neglected on their own to take care for themselves. You have no responsibility now to save them. It's a very jarring and difficult to hear statement because by extension he likens it to that's Rabbi Yosef Babad's claim that if a person's on the brink of the person is on the brink of suicide, you see them on the side of the bridge ready to jump. Jump off and you just pass by. I yell at you, Lo al you can't stand idly by as your as your brother is about to die. You claim, says Minhat Hinuch, he was Poshea Beat's mo. Assuming that's the circumstance. Again, it's difficult to appraise what's the mindset and what so on and so forth. But that's an amazing thing, says Orgadol. That this is, a, this is a proof text for that. He says we have over here the guy put himself in danger's way, halachically, uh, in terms of safety and security. You have no responsibility now? What's that? No, that's not true, because if it's an external circumstance, if the person was just a swimming in the ocean, tsunami, uh, that's not poshea, yeah? they were swimming in the ocean. Unless you t- unless, No, 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 no. he didn't, that's not peshi'ah, that's honest. The person walked into the, uh, is, is, is working behind the counter, and someone pulls a gun on them, you pull the gun on them to save them. That's The person was taking a walk on the safari, and the and a lion jumps onto him and you save him that's not poshea, unless you tell me it is but yes under most circumstances as the person is but honest you're saving their life the claim over here of Orgadol of Minchat Chinuch and we'll address it maybe on Dafa'in Gima is if the person is poshea, you have no responsibility to the extent that you don't have responsibility you should not perhaps according to our Gemara, be saving them What's the? the father the father came he he himself have to save him. What does he no, him? no, no, no. That's a regular pikua situation. Hey, Obi- he, moments, Mulvan, of course he did, but the person is not a gov listen, the person in that situation again, you will you can and should claim you don't have a responsibility per se to save the father because you put himself in that situation. But you may do so. With this one, where he's in lo he's not the father, he might not be able to do so. Says the Gemara onward, Tanurabhana, another biraita. Being Doresh, the continued words in the Pasuk. Again, the Pasuk says in Ba Mahteret imasehadganat. Vehuka vanet. Now that word vihuka is a little bit interesting because if I were telling you the story, the narrative, quote-unquote, I found the guy, if the guy is found in your home, then I would say, and you strike him and he dies. Instead the pasuk says, and he is struck and he dies. That seems to take it away from the homeowner and make it a little bit broader. Again, vihuka is a broader statement, and he is struck, as opposed to vihikahu, means and he struck him, that's one thing to know. The second thing to note is the Torah could have just sufficed by saying V'hikahu it all means, and he died. I mean, that's what it means. You're allowed to kill him by striking him. I don't need to say, and he struck him and he died. So the Gemara, the Beraita, will have a Derashan. Each of those words, which seem to be not, not per se, both extra, but written in interesting ways. vamet. So here's the Derashah. Vihukah b'chol adam. The Derashan, the word Vihukah is any person. We'll understand in a moment. It means not only the homeowner, but even anyone else has the right and perhaps and I mentioned this a day or two ago, perhaps the responsibility to kill, but certainly the right. Respo- the responsibility is a separate question, as I mentioned earlier, whether we liken this to a regular rodef situation, or perhaps it's a little bit more removed because it's not the explicit intent of the intruder. Okay, but that's the halacha. <laughs> Ve'uka bechol adam, v'amet bechol V'amet means you can kill the intruder in any way, shape, or fashion. Well, let's understand the necessity. Let's... Let's well, understand the necessity of each of these. Bishlama, says the Gemara, Bishlama, it's understood, V'huqa b'chol adam yistirich. I understand that initial dirashah, that any person is allowed to kill this individual, I would have thought differently. Why would you have thought differently? Salka da'atach you would have perhaps thought to say, Ba'al habayit utikim That's more asmo'amamono'a, Ba'al acher, no. The Chidush goes as follows, if you recall, again, on Ayin Bet Mudalf, we said, the reason, my Adi Mahteret, at the very beginning of the Gemara, hazaka and Adam Ma'amid Asmol Ma'amonoh, that was the statement of the Gemara, which means to say the whole purpose and reason why the intruder is killed over here is because the intruder is aware that the homeowner won't stand idly by, will defend themselves, and as a result, the intruder says to themselves, I'll kill that person, that's their mindset coming in, if they stand in my way therefore you're allowed to kill them. Remember our whole circle oh, yeah. with regards to see so you would have thought perhaps the intruder's mindset is I'm only going to kill the homeowner because he's the one who's gonna stand in my way. He never had thoughts on another person so perhaps the other person cannot be killed. We consider this intruder as a rodif, he's considered like a pursuer, a pursuer. You kill someone if someone's pursuing the other one you know they have an intent to to kill anyone. You, as a uh, as a side person, can and should perhaps kill them. Okay. Kamash Ma'la, not Rashid, The Gemara says va uvaafilu aher na And the Halakha, as we consider that intruder as a derodef, a pursuer, uvaafilu, and even aher, another person, nami can also kill. Yes, Charles. Of course, he's responsible for killing someone. We're giving him a pass financially. Just on the monetary. So keep in mind, uh, Jeffrey Gindy yesterday asked yeah, the phone. Fun- yeah, now, I understand. Jeffrey, 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 along the same lines of you, he said, oh, what a-, not in these words, Ma, I'm saying it like this. So what a situation. The guy is giving his life with, his, with the danger. Now he could do whatever he'd like. He could uh, you know, live the life. So just put yourself in risk every now and then, and then uh, indulge. You didn't say it like that. The halacha is absolutely not. You're just in l'odamim with regards to the fact that someone can kill you and that you're not going to have a monetary uh, um, obligation. Ela, but rather that that, that second part of the mali. Why is it necessary to teach me that you can kill this individual in any way, shape, or form? Pause for a second. What would you perhaps have thought to say? You would have thought to say that you can only kill them. Remember how we likened it just a few moments ago in the earlier Bireita. You as the homeowner are playing, so to speak, the role of the Beit If the Beit is dealing with a Roseah, what's the Halakha? You kill him with Saif. That's the Halakha. He gets killed by beheading. Perhaps you can only behead him. That's a strange situation. There's an intruder in your home. Say, hold on a second. Let me tie you up and get out my uh, my machete my guillotine and, and take it. Not the chiddushes. It's not so. All right. Maybe there's a Hidush over there. It's not even a Hidush because bedin. Although ideally they kill with saif a horeg a uh, roseah. If they need to do it in another way, we saw this earlier in the Gemara, and Daf, uh, what was it, Daf memhe, the Gemara said, you do it in whatever way necessary. We should learn this from the very laws of Roséach. After all, we learned in this Beraita earlier in the Masechet, there's a double warning, he shall surely be put to death, the makhe, the uh, the uh, the murderer. Perhaps Mot yumat only teaches me that you kill him by Saif, that's the way we kill murderers. How do you know that if it's uh, not easy? Bedeen is not able to kill this person by beheading. Rashid's examples earlier in the Gemara Daf Mem were, I don't know, the guy is a sorcerer. You're nervous that he's gonna float away. I don't know. Or alternatively, says Rashi, uh, he escaped to the other side of the river, and the only way to get him is with your bow and arrow, or with a gun, or whatever the circumstances. How do you know that even there, bedeen, You gotta follow structure. There's rule. You gotta have all your laws and rules of how you need to exact the, re- the revenge of the death of this person. No, no, no. no, no. You put him to death in any way. So, it's a real stretch out. Ben- he's like the bentine, but the bentine isn't service, the the calling things. This guy's in real time. Right. Right. So I will hang on. First and foremost, the Gemara's question is exactly along your lines. If even Betin kills in any way, shape or form, then what's the Hidush over here? Of course he should. So that's first and foremost, your claim is right, and we'll need an answer to why we're not just learning it from Betin. I will tell you, even once we have an answer, if you read the words of Harambam, this is pointed out by some of the Mefashim. if you read the words of Harambam, Harambam seems to distinguish in an interesting way. It says, by Betin, ideally, the Beraita seems to tell us that, if we can't do it with Saif. What was the example? He's a sorcerer. He's on the other side of the river. Then take him out, however. But it means ideally you do it in the way he's supposed to be killed with Saif. The way Harambam records this law of Hababa machteret, he never says it's an ideal. There's no ideal of to bring him in, try to, to get your giti No, no, no such thing. You see him, you take him out, regardless and irrespective of how. There's a mahlokir on that. That's Haram Bam's approach. Ran and others disagree with that, and they read this gimaraz Exactly identical, but I'm, what I'm saying is supporting your point of saying Bedin has laws and structure and strictures and so forth, whereas this guy's in the moment, indeed Harambam brings it to there, but the question is, home Kavahomer, Bedin doesn't need to do it, so certainly the intruder, the homeowner, doesn't need to do it in such fashion. Are you fashion. Risking- All right, I, I hear you. So you, you, you don't need a derasha because you'll say there's a risk. The assumption is, let's say, again, let's speak it out according to Bam's reading of it, how it appears. Let's say you're certain you could do it in any way. Do you need to be makpeed to do it with Saif, assuming you're not going to be torturing and you're going to be able to do whatever? The haidush nonetheless still is, no, you don't need to do so, vamit, any way necessary. Him. He might not whatever he might whatever, it to needs to, whatever it needs to be, okay, try. There is no preferred method. Okay, says the says Says the Gemara, no, you can't learn from Roseach. Again, the question is, why don't we learn? how Baba it? the homeowner is allowed to kill the intruder in any way necessary uh, from Roseach. it Says over there Motiumat. Why do you need vamet? Answers the Gemara, Shanehatam. It's different over there by Roseah, Da The pasuk says explicitly Motiumat. It says the double wording. That's, that's your reasoning. So over there, it says the double wording. Vinigmar mineh. That's what we do all the time in the Gemara. Vinigmar milashon Gemara. Let's learn from that. It's what we call binyanav. This is a simple standard of the Gemara. If it's relevant over there by A, why shouldn't it be relevant by B? If you have a reason to distinguish, okay. If you don't, if anything, as Jared pointed out, we have more of a reason to extend it from betim where there is more structure to this circumstance, so I don't care that Pasuk says it by Betin, all the more so it's relevant to baba Machteret, says the Gemara, Mishum Roseach, Hadam, Ketubim Ketubim in the Medim, period. Says the Gemara, the reason that we need a separate Derasha over here. Now, ultimately speaking, the Halacha will be identical in three circumstances. We'll have three situations where the Halacha is, although it may have seemed like you should be doing it only in one way. You can, maybe based on circumstance, maybe irrespective, depending on the situation, kill in any way necessary. What are those three circumstances? Then backwards to the Gemara. Number one, Baba Mahteret, our circumstance, the intruder. You need not behead him, take him out however necessary, however you see fit. Number two, Betin, Saif, you need to kill the Roseach. You don't need to do it only with Saif. If it's not possible, kill him however necessary. Thirdly, Goel Hadam, Goel Hadam we learned about this as well, andaf Mimhe, right over there when the Gemara was talking about this similar identical law from that beraita goel hadam is the following circumstance. There's a derasha, extra words in the pasuk in the context of goel hadam. Goel hadam is a situation where someone kills accidentally. Bishogeg. Now the Torah says that what you're allowed to do is uh, the family members if that uh, killer bishogeg accidentally doesn't go to eid miklat. They're allowed to revenge the death, avenge the death of their family member. There's a dirashah from Pasuk Befig that even if there are no family members, Betin appoints people to go out and get that Horeg Bishogeg. In other words, you killed someone accidentally, but you say, all oh, right, at least you didn't have any family members. No, 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 no. just watch out. Betin appointed someone in order to take you out, they appoint the hitman. But it means that we extend ourselves beyond the severe and specific structure that the Torah tells us who kills and how they get killed. So I have three circumstances of such. Now the Gemara's point over here is that anytime I have one circumstance in the Torah, I'll take that as my paradigm, I'll call that my father, my av, and I'll make a binyan, I'll learn from that to another circumstance, A teaches to B. If the Torah goes out of its way to teach an almost identical law in two circumstances, to tell you it's mikol makom, under any circumstances, any way, it seems like it's telling me just in those two. I can't derive from those two to another. That's what we call shenekitubim abayim Had the Torah wanted me to compare, it would have mentioned it only once. As a result, as all the dust settles in our gemara, we need a derasha vamit bechomitasha Mito because we couldn't learn it just from roseach because we have shenekitubim abayim kehachad together with goel hadam. All right, but we've settled then these derashot in the beraita. We need to get to Stanley's derasha tanur Banan another beraita. The Torah says Machteret, Torah so talks specifically about the tunnel if the intruder the robber is found in the tunnel perhaps I should only apply the circumstance where lo damim, where I'm allowed to kill that individual where by extension our Mishnah tells us the intruder is exempt from monetary obligations if he's found in a tunnel literally, maybe Gago hasero how can I know? How should I know to extend this law to even if you find them on the roof of your home, the opposite of the tunnel? You find them in uh, the uh, Karfifo. Karfifo means your garden. Hatzer, the courtyard in the front of your house. You found the intruder in any of those circumstances, any of those situations. You could tell he's entering your home. He might not even literally be in your living room yet. He's a little bit outside, but he's on your property. Minayin, how do I know in such a circumstance as well? You can kill him. in lo damim. Tamud yimaseh haganav mikol makom. fact that the Torah uses this open wording of he is found mikol makom teaches me in any circumstance, any situation. Of course, the obvious next question is in ma If that's the case, why does the Torah use the word mahteret? It should say imimaseh haganav. If the robber is found, Why does it say, If he's found in the tunnel? It's like, you just told me it's not only in the tunnel. The Generally speaking, where are you going to find the robber? You think he's going to be out in your courtyard? He's on your roof, he's not entering like that, he's entering in a surreptitious sneaky fashion, he's, he wants it to be uh, hidden that he's entering into your home, as a result the Torah is talking about the standard situation, nothing to be derived more from it than that, our Mishnah by extension, our Gemara by extension is using mahteret as the word that we describe, the robber's found in your home, where's he found and he's found as he's tunneling into your home Tanya idach, we have a Beraita which seems a bit different, now ultimately speaking, Rashi and Tosa read these Beraitot as complementing one another, Aramban, as Magid Mishneh points out, might not read it exactly in the same way. Irrespective of that, Sanya'idach, the Beraitot says, Mahteret, same issue, Eni'ela, Mahteret, if I were to read the Pasuk in the Torah and Parashah Mishmatim, Shemot Perikav it says, Imba Machteret, Yimase ma Haganav. Machteret appears to be specifically in the tunnel. That's where you can kill him. Gago Hasirov a minayin. How do I know that even if you find the robber, the intruder, in any of those other circumstances on your property, Talmud Lomar, Yimase Haganav, Mikomakom? Pasuk wow. is all inclusive. Imkenma Tamud Lomar Machteret. So then, same question, but a little bit more profound answer. So then, why does the Torah talk about Machteret? Our initial Answer was, that's uh, so a standard situation. We're just telling the story. It's an easy way to describe the narrative. Answers this beraita fundamentally. zohi hatra'ato, zohi hatra'ato means, and I referred to, someone, to this to someone to Jesse yesterday. It means that the mahteret, the tunnel, says Rashi, since you put so much effort in as the intruder it's clear that you are aware and accepting of the consequences. The fact that you're underground and you've put in all the risk and all the effort and it's been on your mind, you had to plan this all out and you had to put in the manpower and the money to entering and to digging underneath and creating some passageway, you don't need a warning. No, I don't need a warning. You never put someone to death without a warning. I don't know, but look how much you put in. Every second of the way you knew You can't tell me I got caught up in You didn't get caught up in anything. You were full in on this mission. You knew the consequences. You were, quote-unquote, asking for the danger of inherent potential death. That being the case, that's the punchline over here. What about if you found the... Meaning that the robber is raised not to come to the front door. He doesn't have that So, warning, so Jar- to to the Jared therefore asks, what is the halacha? My next words, what's the halacha then? If you find the robber and gagot, katpipo and hasero? What about if you find him in any of those and other circumstances? Warning, So the Mefarshim and the Rishonim debate how to define this properly. Of course, Mahteret, not of course, but the claim is Mahteret is not only going to be if you found him in the tunnel. It's going to be, as Jared said, if he's found in any brazen circumstance, any situation that you say, from uh, that you say this guy his blood was rushing his heart was pumping so much he wasn't just entering into the home hekeh he was entering into the home well aware of the danger inherent in this circumstance then mahtar interestingly Harambam never mentions this law that's what I was referring to earlier never mentions mahtar tozo for one of two reasons opposite reasons either says Magid Mishneh he understands these two but I thought, as disagreeing with one another so he goes with the first one of, uh, and you'll never find a situation where you're killing someone without a hatran. No such thing. Alternatively, he says, they complement one another, but to the extent that he's expansive in his reading of, ultimately speaking, Teaches us about every circumstance. It's telling you the reason Torah talks about Mahteret is to reveal look at any situation of an intruder as the circumstance, a little bit different than Rashi. Of Mahteret, he for sure, not wishes, but he's expecting the potential death, and as a result, he doesn't need a hatra. All right, that's what we have thus far in the Gimara. Yes, Stanley? Question Different circumstances. He already took some, he took the TV from the outside. Yeah. He's on the outside going out. Yeah now he's not yeah. you can kill him no. well again where is he he's on the street or he's still in your home he's still on your property no of course you can still kill him so what he has in mind I'm go- I'm going to be con- I'm, of course he's a threat so what what was his mindset coming into your home that if the Gemara tells, if I'm confronted which I will be confronted because the guy doesn't want to part with his possessions, I will pull the trigger on him. That's not only as I'm entering in, that's at any point when I'm in there, to the extent that you might recall, Tosafot really proving it from the Gemara, argues that if you're off the property with the possession, you can still be killed by the homeowner, you follow? To that extent, according to Tosafot, you're out of the hatzer; you can still take away, go, go after him. Yeshlo damim is very subjective. So how will the Bukavva dam work? Is it uh, yeshlo damim according to the person they break, they break into, or the person who's en lo damim and yeshlo damim is going to be defined by the homeowner, the person who's observing? It's a little difficult. Is going to have to appraise the situation accordingly. Oh, this is a father. I can't touch him. Oh, this is someone else. I can and should. As Nathan Shalom pointed out after the class yesterday, as people were getting a little bit, for good reason, carried away by, but how would you, could you, should you determine how this person's mindset is? So Nathan, ultimately speaking, this is between you and Borea Olam, because the assumption is you took the guys lot. Yeah. You're in court, they're not saying, okay, let's ask him what his intention was any longer, and they're not gonna be able to objectify and say this is what he was thinking, But that's what you're doing, you're doing your best, but again, it's only vis-a-vis the homeowner. Says the Gemara, let's just introduce this last segment of the Gemara, which brings us into an altogether different situation, but of course it will be related. We're just going to introduce it for now, and I will tell you, uh, it's very appropriate for this time uh, in life, because of course, Roe versus Wade is, is, is being hotly debated, and this is the Gemara with regards to the Torah and Halakha's approach uh, with regards to abortion, this will be where the Gemara addresses the matter very briefly, very succinctly. But this is the primary one of the primary texts. The Gemara Katan So first and foremost, you should understand if there's a Katan, a child who's a Rodef who's pursuing another, you can and should kill that child. What do you mean kill the child? The child can't accept a hatra'ah, can't accept a warning. We say uh, children are not barda'at, they're not baronajim, you can't put them to death in court. Kasavar, clearly Ravuna's opinion is Rodeh, if a person's a pursuer, similar to our Baba in enosari chatra, does not need a warning. La shena katan, irrespective of whether they're a gadol, a, a grown a person, or a child. What would the rationale be? It has nothing to do with the child's suscepti- susceptibility to punishment. It has to do with the person's life, which is threatened. You're saving that person's life. You're looking at the pursuer as not a person at all. Take their life. Why take their life? because the person's life is in danger. Etiveh, we'll just very quickly read the Biraita with which mm-hmm. Rav hasta cha- excuse me, the Mishnah with which Rav Chastah challenges this. Etiveh, Rav Chastah, Hunah, again, Rav Hunah's claim was, E'katan harodeh, We don't need to give a warning. If there's a case where one person, one being is endangering the other, you kill them. Listen to the question. Yasa Roshua, E'n nogi'in bo, lefishe'en dohi nefesh so here's the circumstance if a, a woman is having childbirth uh, difficulties to the extent that the doctors have stated that her life is endangered. That's the situation. Now we uh, determine, says the Mishnah quite simply, we determine whether the baby's head or alternatively the other is the majority of the baby's body has left the mother. If the head has come out of the mother, you can't touch the baby because in Dohin we don't push aside one life in order to save another life. Pause for a second. Very nice. I mean, not very nice, but I understand that. But wait a second. Do I really understand that? Rav Hunah claimed that even a child who we can and should say, with our halakha lenses on, does not understand what they're actually doing as they're running after someone else with a gun. It's a five-year-old, it's a three-year-old, they don't understand life and death, and you can and should put a bullet in their head. A terrible circumstance to fathom and to think about, but that's the halakha. Why should then the Mishnah tell us that if the baby's head is protruding, you can't touch the baby? I know it sounds terrible, but the baby in this circumstance is, threatening the life of the mother. Is it not? That's the question. We'll pause and let linger and let brew over the course of the holiday. Baruch Amen